Amen. Man, this, this service has been uplifting so far. Uh, just hearing all of us sing about the Holy Spirit and just really inspiring and to hear, hear how God really worked in Kiki's life, you know, and uh, just her being willing to just be open and real about the kind of life she was living. Um, so I'm grateful to be here this morning. Uh, it's been a packed weekend. Yes, Eddie and Marie got married yesterday. Uh, so that was encouraging. The Spirit wanted to include them on the song, Spirit of the Living God. <laughs> you know, things happen and you just kind of laugh. Um, so uh, it's just encouraging to be a part of a, a, a wonderful family that we have. And so I'm going to jump in. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. There is absolutely no possible way in 30 minutes to give the Holy Spirit a due. So please don't think that what I'm sharing today is all that can be said about the Holy Spirit. So save your emails. <laughs> don't press send. I know I'm going to miss some aspect of the Spirit that is so foundationally good and right. I don't have time to do it all, right? So just take what the Lord give you today. Amen. You know what I mean? So let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven. Oh, we thank you that you are willing to accept our prayers and hear us, that you care about us, your heart is tender toward us. Thank you for the way you inspired Isaiah and the passage that Kiki read, so powerful, just how much you care about us. And Lord, I just pray this morning as we continue to worship that we can realize that your spirit is real. He is powerful. He gives us life in you, allows us to be a part of the body of your son, Jesus, continually forms us from within, from the inside out. Uh, we just pray that we can understand your spirit more, yes, but also that we can experience his presence not just understand who he is, but just really have a relationship with your spirit. Uh, so help us, God. <laughs> we can't cover it all, but I pray whatever is covered, you can use to your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, so, you know, last week we talked about uh, repentance and how amazing that is that God gives us that ability to have a, a turn towards him, a, a new mind, a new a, approach to life, a new worldview. And it's this beautiful thing where it's kind of God kind of grants repentance, but also we kind of have to turn as well to him. And, and so God works, we work, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and so God grants us that ability to turn to him and he gives us new life. And we come out of that water with, with newness of life. We die to, to our old life, we come out with a new life. And, uh, and, and so we, we looked at a passage that's very foundational to understanding the role of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, because as Chase even just mentioned in the, in the opening, <laughs> The Holy Spirit's on page one of the Bible. He's on the last page of the Bible. We can talk about the Holy Spirit all day long, but we're going to start out for continuity's sake in Acts chapter two again. Uh, and if you have a Bible, turn there. I've, I've been enjoying using my paper Bible lately. And so I'm, I'm going to read Acts chapter two in verse 32. I'm going to begin. And Peter is preaching and he says, God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of the fact. 
exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven. And yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The Holy Spirit was the Father's promise, the promised Holy Spirit. The people repent, they get baptized, and they receive the gift of this promised Holy Spirit. And so I said, well, how can we even begin to talk about this topic? And I thought, who should we go to that probably has some good things to say about the Holy Spirit? Who's a guy in the scriptures that could probably help us out with this? And I thought, Jesus might be a good place to start. <laughs> so we're going to look at something Jesus said in John's gospel. So turn over with me to John chapter 14. So John is, is trying to kind of help his disciples understand that he is going to really be leaving them. And he's trying to help them figure it out, but as usual, the disciples do, totally don't get everything he's saying. But in John 14, he says some things here that I think are really helpful and foundational for us to understand the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So let's stop here. There's a lot in here. <laughs> and I think first thing I want you to realize is that some words that don't seem important can be important. And there's a word in here that's interesting. He says, God will send you another counselor. And there's two ways to say another. One way is to say there's something else that's totally different, right? Like if you go to, we were trying to buy a car because my car died. Oh, you can say all and... <laughs> You ain't got no compassion for your pastor, man, you know what I'm saying? So my car died. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. It means so much. Right, so I go, if I go to the dude at the car dealership, and I'm like, yo, man, I've been looking for this, you know, car. And he goes, oh, man, I sold it. But I got another one over here, and it's like eight years older and 800,000 miles on it. That's not good. 
Yeah, that's another one, but it's not good. That's, a, that's one way to say the word another. But this word that's used here means the same. It's the same. It's another, but it's, it's equal. It's equivalent, right? See, the other word that he could use is heteros. Heteros means something different. But this word, alo, it means the same. So when you think about what Jesus is getting at with the Holy Spirit, he said, you're not getting anything inferior than me. There's this, we're the same. So the same kind of essence of the counselor. And then counselor. We see that word. I don't know. Counselor, we're 2023 20, English language. That might not mean a whole lot. I mean, it could mean something okay, whatever. So that word counselor needs to be sussed out a little bit more too. What does that really get at? This word is, is a word, paraclete, whatever, in the Greek, but it's getting at someone that calls, comes alongside of you to, like, advocate, to encourage, to comfort, to move you. Those are the types of words that you should really see, not just counselor, which can mean whatever. That's a part of it. Amen. We need that counsel. But it's even more. It's helpful. It's strengthening as well. So you're going to get someone equivalent to me, and, and, and it's going to be, a, a, yes, a counselor, but an advocate to help you and to be with you and to comfort you and to encourage you. And then he says it's the spirit of truth. Amen. Because a lot of people say there's no such thing as truth. And sometimes people go, is the spirit of truth the same as the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's deal with that right there. And then it says the world cannot accept him. All right. The world cannot accept him. Not the world cannot accept it. Right? If I say the world cannot accept it, you tend to go, oh, the Holy Spirit isn't it. It is a force type thing. No, Jesus is referring to this, this same equivalent as him, someone who's going to be there to advocate for you, help you, strengthen you, encourage you. And it's a him, not an it. It's, he's a he. Personal, relational. I think that's helpful for us. And I think sometimes we sincerely don't, I've heard us talk and sometimes we don't realize this. So even in these three verses, I think there's just some aspects of the Holy Spirit. And the bad thing is he says the world really, you know, can't understand them, but you guys will. And I'm thinking, man, sometimes we don't even understand the Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells him, he says, you know, he lives with you. He's always, he's been on, he's been there since the beginning. God's ruach, his, his wind, the, the mighty wind or spirit, right, was there at the beginning of creation. So the spirit is here, right? But, but then he says something really interesting, doesn't he? He lives with you and will be, which means future. Where will he be? In you. In you. So the, this, these three verses, I think, can help us understand who the Holy Spirit is. And those people that repented that we just read about and got baptized, and, they, and Peter said, the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to you within you. No longer is the Spirit going to come on certain people like a Samson, and he gets this strength to do stuff, right? And these interesting moments, the Spirit might come on someone and give them the ability to do something. This is a whole new ballgame. Jesus said it was coming in the future. Not only will the Spirit be among you, so to speak, he will live within you. What an amazing promise. And again, is this 
You can argue one way or the other, but is this what Ezekiel was getting at? I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your body and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit where? Within you. I will take the initiative. You will obey my statutes and carefully observe my regulations. Is this what Ezekiel was getting at? Could there be continuity in the scriptures? Oh, my goodness. But I do think this, that's a powerful concept, and you can debate that and study that, but I think it's pretty beautiful. Let's keep going. Amen. John 16, you, you with me? Amen. Let's go. Let's just keep moving. This is Jesus more, talking more. Jesus says, all this I have told you so that you will not go astray. John 16, verse 1. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you, and you probably would have run away real fast, so I had to save this to the end. <laughs> now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me where are you going, because I've said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. It is for your good. It's going to benefit you. It's better for you that I leave you. Unless I go away, the counselor, oh, we just talked about him, right? Will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men don't believe in me in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. It's better for Jesus to go so that the Spirit can come. And we might go, that sounds a little crazy, but I think that's what's helpful again to remember what Jesus is trying to get at. We had a men's midweek in our community this past week, and I asked the guys the question. I split them up into different groups, and I was like, here's one question. I want you guys to talk about it. What role does the Holy Spirit play in the, in the, in the life of a Christian? What role does the Holy Spirit have in the life of a Christian? And they got, you got to come up with at least three passages and talk about it, right? Because I want people to realize that the Holy Spirit is supposed to play a role in your life. And, the, and what we talked about, because some people brought this passage up, is what we talked about is just imagine the reality. Just imagine this for one second. If the embodied Jesus could be here right now and just walk up to you in the fellowship, right? How you doing, Troy? What's going on, man? Troy would be like, wow, Jesus. Troy, you, you busy tomorrow? Can I hang with you? You know, just hang with you all day. I'll just, I'll be with you all day. Imagine Troy and Jesus hanging out all day. At some point, don't you think Troy would kind of be like, you know, Jesus, I've always been wondering. Can you help me with this? Hey, Jesus, you know, I don't understand this passage. Or, Jesus, I struggle with this. Can you help me? Can you heal me? Can you show me? Can you teach me your favorite passage? I mean, he would be probably just, he would call in sick. He wouldn't go to work, and he would spend all day with Jesus. 
But just imagine the concept of Jesus, like embodied Jesus, like in the flesh Jesus, being with you all day. There's no way you wouldn't be in constant something. You would just be, wow, right? But we were talking about it amongst the men. It's like Jesus saying it's better because I'm only, I'm embodied. I, I got one body. I, I can only be one place at one time. But when I leave, I can bring the spirit. Spirit can be in all y'all. The same as me, not another different, same in, in every one of you. It's better if I go because I'm just me in one body. And, and it's interesting how some of us sincerely never interact with the Spirit of God. We have repented. Amen. We got baptized. Fired up. We got the gift of the Holy Spirit. Got it. And then you walk, you just go on your life. No consultation with the Spirit. No quiet your life and just listen for the Spirit. Not, it's, like, it's like the Spirit doesn't even really, He's not even real. How crazy is that? Man, our enemy is so crafty. I mean, he gets us, I mean, God's all up in the Bible. Hey, sin is crouching at your door, man. You got to take it seriously. It'll take you out. And we go, ah, sin, that's just an outdated concept, and we just go on and through life. Or, he, or, or Jesus is like, man, the Spirit will be in you. It's promised all throughout the Scripture. You get the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then you go through all this, and you just repent, you change, you see God do amazing things. You get the Spirit dwelling in you, and you sincerely don't even, you act like he's not even in existence. Man, our enemy is good. And we wonder why we get stuck and things get stale and this or that. Well, probably because we have absolutely no relationship with the Holy Spirit. What a sad truth if that's true. And if we need to repent of something, repent of that. Change your mind and change the way you approach it. Well, Jeff, well, how, how do, what does that look like? Well, let's go on in the Bible. Come on. Turn over to Galatians. Let's go. The, the, the Holy Spirit, well, what, what does this all look like? I don't understand it, Jeff. This is, I mean, I wake up in the morning and I, you know, I try to read my Bible. And I, amen. Amen. Well, let's get real. Let's go into Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. We'll pick it up in verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature, or really your flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. Okay, so here, here's this concept. You got options. You're free. You, you repent. God gives you that, that beautiful way to kind of save yourself from this corrupt generation through repentance, baptism, get the gift of the Spirit. Now, you, now you're actually free. You're not, you're not enslaved by sin that's crouching at your door. God has given you all you need to master it. You, you, you're good. You've been given freedom. And he's saying, so you got, now you got options, but you can go right back into that old crazy life and just indulge your flesh all about you, all about what you want, all about what should be happening for you and what people ain't doing for you. You can do all of that. Or you can have a different way of life serving others, an others-centric life in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Woof, right? These are the options. So, you know what Paul says? So, you know what? In, in light of all this, this is what I say. Paul says, you know what? Live by the Spirit. 
some translations, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature or your flesh. Right? Because the sinful nature, your, your, your flesh, your will, your desires, they desire what's contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. So walk by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. What does that take? Jeff, what does that look like? Those are abstract concepts. Okay, here's the deal, guys. Paul can't make it in. I mean, at some point, you got to go walk by the Spirit. Okay. So I got to try. I can walk by everything I want, me, 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 every single moment of my life. Or I can choose to try to figure out walking by the Spirit. Guess what that means? You got to figure out who the Spirit is and what the Spirit wants. Where are you going to find that out? Open up your Bible, get on your knees and pray. And be quiet, put the phone down, and stop letting all the sounds get all up in your mind so you actually can maybe hear the Spirit when He's trying to tell you to do something. These are the things that are honestly real. These are the things that has, have been happening for Christ followers for centuries. They figured out how to shut out the world, <laughs> receive what God has from them, so that their, their lives, they can communicate with God's Spirit and actually be led by the Spirit, actually walk by the Spirit. Because you know what? If you don't, like Kiki talked about her life, right? It was crazy, right? Because the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And it just lists them all, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. You know, all of these that it talks about here, guys, they are just random. That's what a lot of scholars say. They say these acts of the sinful nature are just kind of all over the place. It's kind of hard to kind of, they're not like grouped perfectly. It's kind of hard to, because it almost talks about how chaotic life can be when you're just living by your own flesh. You're just all over the place. You mess, you're, you're envious, you, you're worshiping other stuff, sexual immorality, all kind of stuff. And he's like, look, I'm telling you, you live like this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, hmm, the Spirit bears fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what you can walk in. This is what you can be led by. And this is exactly what the individual, hyper-individual culture we live in is contrary to this. These are three couplets of three. Spiritual number. Orderly. When you have the Spirit guiding your life, there's order. Not the chaos of immorality, drunkenness, all this other stuff. Order. Beauty. A heart not just about yourself. These are things that are exhibited even towards others. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. Crucified the flesh. Man, we got to crucify it. What does that mean? Put it to death. What does that mean? You know, some of us, we go, man, I hate some of my sin in my life. And we'll even, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to crucify. You know, the thing is, you got to crucify, but then you got to stand around and make sure it dies. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes it wiggle off, the, it wiggles off. <laughs> and keep on living. Crucify, make sure it's dead. Crucify your flesh. 
Stop building yourself up and making excuses for why you're a sinful wretch. Own who you are, turn yourself in, and crucify it. Crucify it. Put it to death. That's what the scriptures are talking about. That's what is needed, right? And and you say, how do I do that? Ask the Spirit to help you do that. (laughs) The Spirit wants to help you with this. Because if you live by the Spirit, you can keep in step with the Spirit. It's walk by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. This is what it takes. Otherwise, we'll just be conceited and we'll mess and just mess each other up. This is the beauty of the Holy Spirit, God. This is it. And here's a quote that helped me. In this process of spiritual growth, the Spirit and the believer work hand in glove. The Spirit leads, guides, and directs. The believer follows, trusts, and obeys. There is a close connection between the Spirit's work and the believer's faith, though it is always the Spirit's enablement, not the believer's effort, that remains primary. Because we're we always trying to take credit for stuff that we don't need to be taking credit for. We don't need to be doing that. And I want you all to think about this. I want you to go home, and I want you to reflect on how can I align my own life to where I'm walking by the Spirit? What does that look like in your life? How can you bear the fruit of the Spirit? How can you lay your life before God and pray, God, bear the Spirit's fruit in my life? I want to see us walking around with patience just popping out like a pear on a pear tree. You know what I'm saying? Just like, man, that brother's patient. How is he patient? Oh, because he's so cool and smart. No, it's because the Spirit is bearing fruit in his life. Well, how does that happen? Because he slows his life down, and and he actually asks for the Spirit's consent. He gives the Spirit consent, I should say, to do what only the Spirit can do. Every one of us needs to do that every day. Stop your life. Turn off your phone. Turn off the TV. Take a minute. Take three deep breaths. Say, Spirit, I'm open to you right now. I give you consent to do whatever you need to do in me to bear your fruit. You say, Jeff, I I don't understand how that works. You know what? You don't need to understand everything. Just obey. (laughs) And try. And over time, the Spirit works. It might not work that day. You might not see any change at all because it's a process. That's why it's bearing fruit. The fruit don't come on the tree the next day. It takes time. But if you consistently give yourself, submit yourself, surrender, crucify, you see all these things? But the world tells you the exact opposite. It's like do what you want to do. Do you. Indulge. And if you allow that voice to keep going from this world, you won't bear the fruit of the Spirit. And the thing that we don't have enough time to get into, and I want you to read this as well on your own. I'm giving you homework. So this is some of your homework. Figure out that passage for your own life. And the other homework is read this because the beauty is the Spirit doesn't just help individuals. It's here for the church. And this is something in our hyper-individualized culture. We just don't. We don't, we don't even think about the collective much. But the Spirit cares deeply about all of us as the church. How we treat one another. He cares about that and can help us. 
how we interact with the community around us, how we can be a light. He cares about these things. That's what the Spirit, the Spirit is also very missional. In other words, the Spirit, read Acts, the Spirit is, is moving people, you know, to, to kind of reach out and, and help the, the world to know who God is, right? It's a, it, even when people are tripping and like, they don't see it, the Spirit's like, nope, go, nope, you got to go. No, the Gentiles, yes, the Gentiles, they, they can come in. You got to go, you got to go. And people are like, nah, nah, the Spirit won't stop. The Spirit is missional, you know? Sometimes we use the word evangelistic. It's not really, yeah, but it's different. It's like there is a mission for the church and the Spirit is all about it. And for those that have humbled themselves and surrendered to the Spirit, they're out there. They're serving the poor. They're not biting and devouring each other, complaining about first world problems. They're out there trying to help people. In the power of the Spirit, the Spirit, you go, man, I'm kind of dried up. I don't really invite people. Well, it's probably because you just don't have much acknowledgement of God's Spirit in your life. And when you do, things might change in that area. And it's not about the preacher telling you to go share your faith. It's just about, I'm, I'm walking by the Spirit. <laughs> That's what the Spirit does when He controls and dominates a life, Romans chapter 8. Oh, there's so many things we could talk about, and I don't have time. But... You figure out what it means to walk by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. You read these passages, see how God gives the roles to the church so that it can grow and mature. You think about that. And then you show up here for our All Church Midweek on uh, uh, November 8th. Amen? Amen? You see how I slid that right up in there right there? <laughs> yeah. Come together. Let's be together. Let's be in this together. I am going to make everybody happy and pray right now because I am in my time. Let's pray. Lord, I really do pray that when you look at this congregation, that you can see people really trying to, to surrender. Use us. I mean, just like we sang. Use us, melt us, mold us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Transform us. Yes, we want individually to grow and to change and to be sanctified over time, to be changed. Yes, we do as individuals. But God, also as a congregation, guide us. Show us the way you want us to go so that wherever this church goes, <laughs> People can say, wow, God's spirit is among them. God's spirit is within them. And that they see the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness and the gentleness and the self-control. And we all say amen to that.